feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And tonight, as you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show, many are bracing to see will NATO come up with a solution? What role will President Biden and the rest of NATO be able to pull together to possibly put an end to the war in Ukraine? President Biden arriving in uh, the capital there of Brussels just a few hours ago. And they are saying this is an emergency meeting. So my question to all of you is, yes, it is an emergency meeting. Why did it take them so long to pull together an emergency meeting? I could have told you this was an emergency almost a month ago, months ago, even before Russia invaded. So shouldn't they have met earlier? We're going to take your calls about that tonight and your thoughts of if there could be some sort of breakthrough coming from this historic meeting at this time of this vicious invasion by Russia of Ukraine. And there have been reports in the last few hours uh, that the Ukrainians have been able to launch somewhat of a counteroffensive, taking back a town or two, also fighting with every inch of their might, if you listen to all the comments that are coming through, and also officials saying that there are estimates that 15,000 Russian troops may have died so far in the conflict. If that's true, that is a stunning amount. That is a powerful amount, and that, Indeed, along with the reports that over 1,500 vehicles may have been taken out, that includes tanks and a variety of other things. Could this be a turning point? And just think, if NATO in the next few hours, next 24 hours, with all these individuals meeting together with the might that is NATO, not just America, but the rest of the world, especially led by NATO, and our president, I think, has to step up and do that, it is time. He's got to do it. And so imagine if they all kind of come together and are able to have a tremendous impact and send enough military might, whether it's those MiGs, whether it's those, you know, service to air missiles, all of the weaponry that is the best of the best that NATO has, send it into Ukraine because, boy, they are fighting with everything they have. Take a listen. This is President Zelensky just a few hours ago saying that this fight, that they are going through. And by the way, uh, the scenes are unbelievable. In the last 24 hours, again, more than 100 strikes in Mariupol, um, also strikes outside of Kiev, many also residential areas in Kiev, and they are just getting pounded. But the Ukrainians are standing fast tonight. And President Zelensky says his people are fighting not just for their own country, but for the world. Take a listen. The war of Russia is not only the war against Ukraine. Its meaning is much wider. Russia started the war against freedom as it is. This is only the beginning for Russia on the Ukrainian land. Russia is trying to defeat the freedom of all people in Europe, of all the people in the world. It tries to show that only crude and cruel force matters. 
And that is what they're trying to do, demoralize, try to level the cities, especially with these strikes that are coming from the air, from the sea, whatever they can do to try to level these cities. And the Ukrainians are holding fast. But in Kherson, that is one of the towns that has just been getting a pounding. And we talked about Mariupol, where tonight they believe that they believe that at least 100,000 people are trapped inside Mariupol right now. No food, no water, uh, no way to get in, no way to get out. And that right now they are desperate. They describe that scene as basically almost like the end of time. It is leveled. It is unbelievable, the pounding that they have had. And that's not the only town. Kurson is another town uh, that has had a vicious pounding. Take a listen. Here's a resident there describing what happened in her city in Ukraine. First few days uh, was the most hard because uh, I was woken up by the loud noises outside. I just thought who would do firework in the morning. But uh, then I started to read uh, my chat with my friends, saying that it's... War began, I was completely shattered. I was shocked. It was very hard to me to understand that in 21st century, it uh, could happen to us, to civilian people, which just was living their life in a beautiful city and trying just to do their best to be good people. That's all. I was shocked. It's very hard. And this is how she described the scene in her city. She said it looks like similar to what we have seen in Mariupol. Take a listen. I'm going out not often because uh, I have severe panic attacks, so I can't go outside without somebody. I'm really scared of loud noises, and uh, loud noises came out now. Uh, it's frightening me away, so um, I'm really I'm shaking <laughs> just thinking about it. Um, for now, my city look. Um, a little bit like uh, during the time of zombie apocalypse. Uh, there is uh, not a lot of people going around. Uh, they may be afraid too to go out, but I see people still living. They're still going to the shop, to the groceries, to buy some food, but um, they have a lack of products, to be honest, uh, because Russians don't let humanitarian aid to come to the city. A bit of apocalyptic is how she describes the scene. And if you look at the images, it is quite fitting. So where does it go from here? Uh, There are reports, by the way, uh, the New York Times came out just a few minutes ago saying that the U.S. is creating, quote, contingency plans in case Russia uses chemical, biological or nuclear weapons in Ukraine. These are serious, serious preparations And if you listen to the tone of our president and also Dmitry Peskov, who, of course, is Putin's right-hand person, he was saying the other day that nukes and chemical weapons are not off the table. So where do we go from here? And could a big breakthrough happen at the NATO summit? Well, joining us now is one of the great military analysts out there, great intelligence expert. He's also the head of the London Center for Policy Research, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. Tony, um, it's great to have you here. It's a it is such a trying time in the world. And I got to get your take on, first off, this reaction that there really are serious preparations being made in the U.S. government, and I'm sure NATO as well, um, and I'm sure this will be discussed at the NATO meeting about contingency plans should Russia use 
another type of chemical or biological or nuclear weapon, uh, you know, maybe something like they used in Aleppo. Go ahead, Tony. So, Rita, yeah, thanks for having me. And um, there's a couple of things that need to be examined. And first off is the Russian doctrine. Uh, The Russians have trained since the Cold War, during the Cold War, to use chemical and nuclear weapons as part of their normal military activities. And I don't think the West fully understand that. So, Rita, you know, what what we're talking about here is our side has always separated those. The Russians and Soviets never have. So when you see Putin and his folks talking about it, that's doctrine. They, they always have that on the table. What I'm frightened of, uh, as you said in your opening, these meetings we're having now to basically bolster up and say all this should have been said before the hostilities started. Because I believe at this point, Rita, and I hate to say this because, uh, you know, we need a Reagan-style leader right now. We don't have that. We need to have uh, Biden sit down like Reagan would have done, lay out what uh, is actually at stake, what we're going to do, and try to get ahead of this. Because everything he's doing to include right now, he's reacting to Putin. It's almost like he's poking the bear, hoping something happens to extend and expand the war. And that's what we don't want to do. Uh, what we have to do is get ahead of this. Uh, the, the metaphor, I would say, is a fire break. If you have a forest fire, you know, you want to get ahead of that fire and maybe put down a fire break so it stops. Right now, all we're doing is almost encouraging Putin to kind of take more and more aggressive action. And what they're not also doing, which I find a bit frightening because I think we need to understand everything that's going on, the Russians actually have made some very effective strikes against some of the stocks that we've given them. For example, uh, it was well reported, but not uh, in detail, about the hypersonic weapon being used by the Russians. Rita, that that weapon took out a bunch of the very expensive uh, anti-tank missiles we sent in. So uh, what we have to do is be very clear on what's going on, understand both sides, and then try to act on that. Uh, At this point, I would argue the NATO summit is too late uh, we've got to do something to get ahead of this. And the other thing I want you to think about and your audience think about, why is Putin you know, kind of taking his time? Remember, one of the things that he did do as he spoke with uh, Premier Xi of the Chinese, what if, what if the Russians are trying to slowly but surely get all of our forces focused in Europe and then they do something in the Pacific? We don't have enough forces to go around. So think about that for a second, because one of the things that has not been discussed is what China is doing on the other side of the world, which I think we would all argue, and we've spoken about this several times, about the danger of China doing something in Taiwan. So, again, we have to look at this as a, as a global effort, and Biden has to get ahead of all of it. Uh, what he's doing now, I don't believe is, is helpful. I don't believe it's proactive enough, and I simply believe that he's not looking adequately at the whole picture of the globe and all the threats versus what could happen at this point. So you don't feel like his leadership style. And by the way, Tony Schaefer, I agree with you. I feel like our president has absolutely been leading from behind. He has not been aggressive enough. Um, He's been very proactive. It seems in many ways NATO is actually leading the charge. Right. And um, and that is scary when you're dealing with somebody with the mindset. You're you're also a very seasoned intelligence officer. Um, kind of take us into you know if you can the head of Vladimir Putin how he is reacting because when you have a president on the other side 
who is, you know, not leading the charge, not being bold, not saying, hey, listen, if you do this, uh, we're going to do X. There was nothing that clearly so far to date that our president and NATO, sadly, for that matter, has done that has stopped Vladimir Putin. I mean, the only thing that, you know, maybe obviously some of the weapons helping the Ukrainians certainly has helped. There's no question. But there's still that will of the Ukrainians that are fighting. And often they feel like they're fighting by themselves. Exactly. So the Ukrainians are valiantly as we've given them, but they need more. And this is the way I would term it. Uh, And one of the the term one of these great uh, stats that I think illustrate how committed Putin is to this is that the Russians to date, Rita, have suffered the same percentage of casualties as they suffered at the Battle of Kursk during World War II. Think about that. Uh, wow. They, 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 yeah, this, we're talking about a high percentage, but that reflects the way the Russians fight. They have no problem throwing wave after wave into this. So that's we have to understand that's what they're going to that, that's what they're willing to do. So we that's you have to accept that they're, they're not going to back down. They have a history of just feeding uh, uh, troops into the grind. So this is where we have done some things that I don't I, I'm surprised the president has bragged about. We actually have three of our best brigades with our best armor in Poland right now. We have uh, some of our best M, M, uh, M1, A2, SEP3 uh, tanks ready to go. Uh, we have forces all over. But again, Biden's not saying this. He, he should be out there touting the fact that NATO's ready. He should be uh, visiting uh, directly the Baltic states. The Baltic states, I believe, are the next states which are going to be endangered by Putin. So what Putin's doing to get inside of his mind, Rita, is he's going to push against any weakness he perceives in the alliance. So, you know, while Poland's ready, the Baltic states are not. And I was speaking to one of our uh, experts, one of the experts I go to on this sort of thing. The, the, the Baltic states would have a hard time being sustained if Putin decided to move against them. And again, uh, if Putin is true to doctrine, they're not going to hesitate to use chemical weapons if they believe it's going to benefit them in anything they're doing. Because uh, one of the things we spoke about last time is everybody keeps saying, saying it's unthinkable. Everybody thought the invasion of Ukraine was unthinkable. It's time we understand that it's not unthinkable to Putin. We have to understand this from the Putin perspective. And all of those things that we're talking about are not unthinkable to him if he believes he's going to be able to push into weakness and there'll be no response. And again, Rita, uh, Biden has been weak. He continues to show that he's willing to say uh, and do things which really don't mean much. He's not really, you know, he keeps taking these swings at Putin. And missing. Yeah. And Putin sees that. So and he that's sees the that. problem we have. Yes. And before I let you go really quick, uh, Tony Schaefer, sure. um, I wanted to just get your reaction to the passing of uh, Secretary of State Madeleine Albright, who you and I both know. Um, right. I used to see Madeleine all the time, the Secretary of State all the time when I was in Washington. I, I want to play a little um, comment from her. You'll love this because she always was spunky and then quickly get your reaction about her extraordinary life. Our government provided me with the transcript of what the Cuban pilots were saying to each other. It was pretty lurid in terms of them chasing these unarmed planes and saying, we have cojones, they don't have cojones, and, you know, really bloodthirsty. And then they hit them and they say, we got them. So I just happened to say, this is not cojones, it's cowardice. And to this day, when I'm in Miami, I get called Madam Cojones. 
Madam Cajones, real quick, Tony, before uh, before I let you go. Well, she she was the hawk in the uh, in the Clinton administration. I, I, there was a one story where General Shelly Kashvili was going over to attend a funeral in, in uh, Israel with her, and uh, you, know, you know there was a disdain for the military. So Madeline personally uh, asked that uh, had Shelly Kashvili put on her aircraft, just said, "Hey, come come jo- join my aircraft, just hop on with me." Uh, but that's the kind of person she was. She would always just jump out and try to help people. And again, I, everything I've seen of her from from the time that uh, she was in office till the time now, she always acted. I do believe in the best interest of the United States as she as she understood them, uh, which is I think very unique for a lot of uh, senior politicians uh, at her level. And I think she always acted that way. And her her life's record reflects that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting to hear her talking cojones. <laughs> that's yeah, a, right. that's, Tony Schaefer, thank you very much. Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer with the London Center for Policy Research. Thank you so much for your perspective, Tony. Sure. Thanks, Rita. Thank you so much. When we come back, everybody, we're going to take your calls. What do you make? Tony does not think it's out of the realm about the use of chemical weapons by Putin and is not confident that there'll be a breakthrough in NATO. What do you think, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. It's The Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. Now, the latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And in the last few hours, we're getting word on the invasion by Russia of Ukraine that Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, who is one of the key aides for Vladimir Putin, now warning that if NATO sends peacekeepers into Ukraine amid Russia's invasion, that it will lead to a direct military clash, he says, between the Russian forces and the alliance saying, quote, sending NATO peacekeepers to Ukraine, which was something that was maybe being potentially discussed, like neutral peacekeepers, he says would, quote, lead to a direct clash between the armed forces of the Russian Federation and the alliance. That is serious language saying we do not want anyone to be using boots on the ground, even if it is, quote, said to be a neutral Force, not a Ukrainian force, but a neutral or comprehensive NATO force. He's saying that would still be a threat and that would still be considered somebody that would be in direct clashes with Russian forces. So lots of heavy language as Biden has just landed just a few hours ago in Brussels for, quote, an emergency meeting. And my question is, what took Biden so long? My goodness, he should have had an emergency meeting Three, four, five, six months ago. How about as soon as he saw 70,000 Russian troops amassing at Ukrainians' border? I mean, it's been, they've been sitting there for months. What took them so long? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Sam in Brooklyn. Sam, are you confident that President Biden can be in a leadership role. And this is really when you hear, the you know, the president's always of the United States, always considered the leader of the free world. Do you really see him being a leader of the world, which we really need right now? Because this is serious stuff, Sam. No, I clearly see him not being a leader because he's leading from behind. He's following NATO's lead and we lo- uh, and, and, and our our prosperity is diminished in the world, and we look weak, and that's why Putin's acting upon us. 
you know, so where, how do we how do we change this, Sam? What do we do? I mean, because the bad thing is this is where we are right now. And as you can tell right now, this is really serious stuff. And we've got such real strong rhetoric coming, you know, from Putin's side. Uh, they're they're basically, yeah, we might use nukes like no big deal. I mean, that, you know, you know and you just heard it. This is a guy with a, a track record. That's what's frightening, Sam. Right. Well, his guy didn't take it off the table, whereas we, we're, we're always afraid to show our power. That was the difference between him and Trump. Trump used power discreetly. And, for example, like in Syria, when Assad did it the second time and he crossed that red line, Trump sent in 70 missiles and killed Russians as well as Syrians. And he said, Vlad, don't do that again. And Vlad didn't do it again. Well, and you just brought a great point because... It is a very different leadership style, and I think clearly Putin smells weakness, and right now there is nothing that seems to be stopping them. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. Where do you see this headed, and what could happen with Biden at NATO? Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a very, very sad story coming out of Pennsylvania, where two Pennsylvania state troopers were killed when a car mowed them down during a traffic stop in Philadelphia. It happened this week. Troopers Martin Mack, 33 years old, and also Trooper Brandon Siska, just 29 years old, were killed along with the man that they were trying to take into custody. It happened just before 1 a.m. in the southbound lanes of I-95, the big interstate. A female motorist traveling at a high rate of speed who was trying to drive past the three men on the highway shoulder then suddenly struck all three. The impact was so great that it threw the troopers over into the northbound lanes of Interstate 95. And the vehicle then struck the Jersey barrier, continued a short distance, and ended up on the right side shoulder. The troopers and the civilian, who was not immediately identified, were pronounced dead at the scene. Trooper Mack joined the agency in 2014. Trooper Siska had worked as a trooper since February 2021. Both spent their entire careers assigned to patrol duties in and around Philadelphia. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with them and, of course, their family. And it's just a powerful reminder that a basic traffic stop or a basic arrest that they thought on the side of the highway, there are so many elements and unknown elements and their lives are constantly in danger. And it is such an important reminder of why we always have to back the men and women in blue. Well, we are talking, of course, about what is going to happen next in Ukraine because they continue to get pounded tonight. There are reports that there is fighting in the streets in Kiev and also in many of these smaller towns outside as well. Smoke seen, debris-filled streets in many, many parts of Ukraine tonight. Air raid sirens constantly going off. And Mariupol, it's just unbelievable to see. And Odessa, some of these places, and a number of these spots which continue to get pounded and hit. And it's amazing. Again, Mariupol, 100,000 people are apparently trapped inside there. And there is a report that 2,400 children, they still do not know the whereabouts, that suddenly about 2,400 children were taken from Ukraine 
many of them from that town and elsewhere, and apparently taken to Russia for God knows what. And it is just horrible as we're hearing what these people are enduring. And yet today, if you listen to the mayor of Kiev and you listen to Zelensky, of course, the president there, they are fighting and they are fighting with everything that they have. And they are hoping that President Biden is going to have some sort of breakthrough, that he can somehow step up and be a leader and be a leader not just for America, but for the world. Because, boy, are things on the line right now with reports that Russia may end up trying to use a chemical or a biological or even some sort of mini nuclear. I mean, there are these so many threats and so many potentials. And also reports now that the White House is bracing for contingencies should he go any of these routes. So what can we do and what should we do? And do we have any faith that President Biden and NATO are going to be able to have some dramatic breakthrough that is going to, I think, some sort of face-saving measure, if you will, for Putin that will bring him to the peace table to stop this this terror, this brutality. And then on the other hand, also allow for Ukraine to live in freedom, to live without rockets raining down on their cities and children and women and everybody else being killed. I mean, this is a pivotal moment. I actually think the next 24 hours are one of the most pivotal moments in my lifetime, you know, because if things go the wrong way, think about it, guys, in all of our lifetimes, in modern history, if something goes the wrong way at NATO and they have no breakthrough or they say something or do something that Putin uses to provoke, even though everything seems to provoke him, but anything that goes the wrong way and Putin decides to cross what everybody pretty much believes is a red line, Where do we go from here? What happens not just to Ukraine? What happens to NATO? What role does the U.S. play? And what can we do to make sure, hopefully, that that never to God happens? 1-800-848-9222. And by the way, everybody, tomorrow, everybody, you got to tune in. Noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. I want you all to take a listen on RitaCosbyOnline.com, RitaCosbyOnline.com. We are going to be doing a blockbuster panel about the war in Ukraine. No one else has this. You won't hear this on any other radio anywhere in this country. We are going to have the consuls from Ukraine, also from Poland, also from Slovakia, also from Estonia, Also, the Vatican's ambassador, the permanent observer to the U.N., they will be joining us to talk about exactly what their country is doing to help the Ukrainian people, what they hope happens, what kind of military, what kind of financial aid they're doing. All of them in one room, and we are doing a special one-hour show. So all of you, please make sure that you tune in tomorrow, 12 to 1 p.m. That's Eastern Time, everybody. Go to RitaCosbyOnline.com. Listen to a power panel that you will not hear Anywhere else in the world, all of these top, top ambassadors and consuls joining together to talk about what is happening in Ukraine and could there be a breakthrough and what they're doing. Uh, It's going to be a spectacular hour, and I'll also play some highlights also tomorrow night on the show, but it is going to be just blockbuster. Also today, we heard from the Slovenian prime minister who said, you know what, make no mistake. He basically says that already 
red lines have been crossed by Vladimir Putin. Take a listen. But I think that uh, the most uh, dangerous thing, which is threatening lives of Ukrainians, civilians, children, whole families, whole cities, is our classical weapons used is, is uh, Russian uh, supremacy in the air. And we have to treat with the, uh, we have to deal with the threats which are real, not with the threats which could happen and uh, drown with some red lines, because all red lines have already been crossed in Ukraine. All red lines have already been crossed in Ukraine. Do you believe that all red lines have been crossed, or do you think the red line is chemical or biological weapons? Or do you agree with the prime minister that already the red lines have already been crossed? He said there is no mistake about it that Putin basically is a war criminal. Take a listen. Actually, I agree. When I when I traveled to Kiev, when uh, our Ukrainian friends showed us uh, videos and, and pictures from those cities occupied or shelled, uh, when when you see uh, hospital hospitals destroyed, and then when you are listening to the Russian foreign minister speaking there is, that there is no war in Ukraine, nobody attacked Ukraine, then uh, what, what, what to say? And uh, I think that uh, the, if there is no uh, willing to, no will to real for real negotiations from the Kremlin side, uh, the destiny for uh, Mr. Putin is the same destiny as was the destiny for uh, former Yugoslav or Serbian President Milosevic, uh, which uh, was tried in the hack. And, of course, Milosevic finally got pulled in by his own people. They brought him to The Hague, and that is where he died. But he was being tried as a war criminal responsible for millions upon millions of deaths. That was, of course, everything that was happening in the former Yugoslavia and Kosovo. And that, many people believe, should be where Vladimir Putin is. Unless something happens, even within his own ranks, there are reports that there is dissatisfaction within some of the Russian ranks. And even some of the oligarchs are starting to, apparently, according to reports, voice incredible displeasure with Putin and his war. So where do you see this going? And do you think that Biden and NATO can do something dramatic, that they can lead and somehow force Putin to the peace table? Zelensky keeps saying, I want to meet with Putin. I want to meet with him face to face. And Putin won't meet with him. Putin has basically said, "Ah, no, too bad. He keeps saying, let's do it. It's time to meet. It's time to meet. That's Zelensky. And Putin continues to rebuff him and continues to make the demands tougher and tougher and tougher on the Ukrainian people. And the onslaught of civilian locations, including many residential properties now in the capital city, being hit by strikes long distance, but still coming in and directly, you know, indiscriminately hitting any location that they feel like. So does Putin sound like he could be pushed to the peace table? And if you were in the room, what would you try to push for? And do you have any faith? I don't have any faith, sadly, that Biden 
is the man for the moment. And that breaks my heart because I wish it was otherwise for Ukraine and for the world. It's 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota. Dom, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. What do you think, Dom? Yeah, hi, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. You know, I love your segment on Back to Blue because, unfortunately, we don't have enough of that today. So I'm going to be listening to you very keenly tomorrow. I'm oh, interested in that show. thank you. And yeah. by the way, and Dom, I'll let you get to talk about, um, you know, Russia and Ukraine. Yeah. But yeah. I love yeah. I love that we do every night, you know, we do that. Um, you know, we just did it now. And then in the next hour, we do our support our heroes. Um, because yep. to I, me, it is so important to remember yeah, their sacrifice every day, you know? Yeah, I I do. I do contribute to the police, uh, you know, policeman's foundation here in the state. And every time I get a chance to stop and talk to a cop and chat with them, I, I do that, you know, deliberately on purpose. That makes me feel really happy because a lot of them feel like they've been left out. So, I mean, all over the place. So having said, I just wanted to get that out. No, know, I love that, Dom. Thank yeah. you. Because to me, it, yeah. it, to me, it's one of the, my favorite parts of the show, being able to honor them. And to remind yep. everybody uh, that there's never a routine call. You know, every mm-hmm. call is, is... Exactly. So, you know, I am concerned for Ukraine and for this country. You know, that's... You know, I was thinking there's a fine line between an eccentric genius and a smart madman. So, if, if, in my opinion, Trump was the eccentric, eccentric genius and Putin is the evil but smart madman. He's not a dumb guy. And unfortunately, but he's pushed himself to a corner. And and Joe Bite Me, that's what I want to call him, is the political buffoon. And Cackles, both of them have no clue where to even start solving this thing. That's the major problem. And unfortunately, most of the people in their cabinet are greater buffoons than these two. And I don't know if you remember Joe mumbling in one of his press conferences. He says, you know, under the bread, say, what am I doing here? He was doubting himself. You know, when, when being asked by the press some questions, he says, what am I doing here? Yes. I don't know if you if you saw that. I remember that. It's like he's like, and what am I doing yeah. here? And or yeah. am I OK to answer this question? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm if I'm a Putin and mm-hmm. you're dealing with, you know, a tyrant, you know, you're dealing with somebody who, you know, when we see what he has done with, you know, the way he's attacked women and children and these residential areas, when you see all of this and then you see our president going, am I OK to answer questions i'm gonna get in trouble i mean it like at first it was funny now it's like sad i mean it, it yeah. it's heartbreaking it's almost like 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 this is who is supposed to be negotiating negotiating at one of the most pivotal moments in the world right now i mean think about if we had you know a you know a, a stronger leader the the type of a trump or the type of a reagan Think about how different this moment might be. I mean, we probably wouldn't be at this moment to begin with. I think Putin would have would not have entered. I really don't. And most Americans don't. If, if you look at the polls, they agree with me. But I also think even at this moment, you would feel the, the, the United States leading the charge. And I just feel like we have sort of an added player there, not not even somebody who's an integral player. And that breaks my heart, Dom. Yeah, that's the point I wanted to make, because that's the vacillating attitude of Biden that really scares me. You know, Trump, at the very least, would have kept Putin second-guessing himself every time he thought about nuking Ukraine. Unfortunately, Putin either has Biden figured out, like maybe he's an expert psychologist, or he has something on Hunter and knows that Biden is just all bluster and no action. 
And if you compare that to Reagan, Reagan's doctrine was peace through strength, but Biden sees peace through excuses. So at this point in, in time in our history, we are being led by Larry Curley and Tackles, which is Joe Jake and Kamala. And that's, that's a that's a scary combo, Dom. <laughs> yeah. Boy, is that a scary combo. And and yes. and the stakes couldn't be higher. I mean, that's the thing that's so scary, Dom, is that the stakes yep. could not be higher. And, yep. you know, and then to hear that kind of, you know, like you just said, you got cackles who's laughing. Um, you know, that's the backup. You know, boy, you got a bad backup. You know, your second string is like a tenth string. You know, and then your first string's like a 20th string. It's like, boy, you don't have a baseball team. You know, you don't have any all-stars, you know? Exactly. Because, you know, I mean, we can laugh at her all day because she's being stupid and foolish. But to do that in such a serious situation to such a serious question, you know, overseas, what does that tell the rest of the world about what is who is leading America? That's what scares me because all the, all the bad guys are watching. They are. Saying, hey, we can we can take him for a ride. Well, that's what so did thanks. you hear? Um, yeah. Did you hear Tony yeah. Schaefer was just saying, Lieutenant Colonel yes, Tony I Schaefer. Tony, Tony suspects, um, as you heard, Dom, and we all heard it together because you know we were talking to him here. He was saying that he thinks like all of this activity, maybe the plan is to get all this activity into Ukraine and that region, and Taiwan's. You know, China's thinking, boy, I can kind of work on Taiwan while everybody's focus is on Ukraine. Like they're sort of a chessboard between almost Putin and China against the U.S. and the world. I mean, that's a, boy, this is really, really scary stuff. I mean, it's bad enough with Putin, but then it looks like he may have other nemesises who are sort of joining suit in some shape or form. And that's a very scary premise that, you know, Ukraine is scary enough. And then to think another part of that is just so complex. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. Do you have faith? You heard Dom say it's like, you know, uh, Moe and Curly, like it's like, you know, it's like Abbott and Costello. Who's on first? Who's on second? Is that how you think things are going to go with Biden at NATO? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking, we're playing a little sleepy music because Sleepy Joe is now at NATO. And this is basically past his bedtime hour. And how scary is this that now this is the man who is negotiating peace between trying to bring Putin to the table and between the issues of chemical, biological, nuclear weapons. Very very serious stuff. So where do you see all of this headed? And do you think that there is something that Joe Biden, the U.S. can do? Is there some sort of form of a peacekeeping force that you think could come in that could change the dynamics here? What are your thoughts about it? Because already we're hearing tonight from the Russian foreign minister, they will not accept a NATO peacekeeping force. They will not accept any sort of peacekeeping force on the ground, and that that would, quote, lead to direct military clashes between Russian forces. In other words, they would fight any peacekeeping force that goes in. What are your thoughts? And boy, things are getting really scary as there are reports that the U.S. is making contingency plans. Should the White House consider 
something like a nuclear? Should it consider something like a biological or a chemical? Very scary stuff. And they say that they cannot rule that out. What are your thoughts? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil in the Bronx. Phil, your thoughts about all this. Go ahead, Phil. Good evening, Rita. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. But, you know, this rhetoric is really scary. When you hear the Russians, they basically say everything's on the table in terms of what they can do. But don't even think about a NATO peacekeeping force. Um, I know you're a veteran, Phil, so I got to get your take on what should happen. And is there some form of a peacekeeping force or some neutral activity or force that could come in right. that could resolve this? Well, first of all, I want to point out something interesting a lot of people didn't catch. The Russians allegedly have 2,400 kids in their custody. Uh, I got a bad feeling about that in that they're going to try to do two things. They'll either use them as human hostages to keep NATO, et cetera, at bay uh, to force a surrender, or or they're going to use it to claim that it was a humanitarian evacuation from a battlefield of innocent children. It's it's one or the other. The, the, second, the second thing I just want to get to real quick, I know you're pressed, uh, is that, first of all, Nuclear war will not happen, okay? It's, they, they cannot do a preemptive strike unless they are physically attacked. There's a chain of command that goes up and down the Russian uh, army that if they try to launch, you're going to countermand. One will countermand. The other will countermand. There's been no, no bomb launched at the Soviet Union. In Ukraine does not count as Soviet Union. Besides, if they, did, if they were stupid and even launched a dummy missile, They'd have about 60 or 70 nukes barreling in on them for about 10 American atomic submarines in less than 10 minutes. Now, Phil, let me ask you, you know, that is the right answer for a level-headed type of leadership. You're dealing with this guy who just seems to be on a tear and I almost don't know if he cares, like what sort of I, I it's almost like I feel like he's, a, you know, he's a madman in so many ways, Phil. I feel like, um, you know, everything is sort of on the limits with this guy. And, and he may be, you know, obviously he doesn't want his own destruction, but maybe he doesn't care. I mean, there's some of these people who sort of want to go down in history as, you know, they don't care if they go down in history as, as Hitler number two. What are your thoughts? But- well, well, the whole point is the chain of command between Putin and the rockets is very simple. You've got about anywhere from upwards of four or 500 people who are involved in, the, in these missiles, the launching and maintenance, et cetera. They're not going to end the world because Putin is having a bad day and he crapped his pants, you know. Do you so, think they'll I say think no to Putin, though, Phil? I mean, that's oh, a great right. point. Don't judge, don't judge the Russian people by, by Vladimir Putin. Don't judge these, these, these chain of command people by Putin. They're just following orders, but they're not stupid. You know, they're not stupid. But what what concerns me the most is that those 2,400 kids might well be used as as human hostages to get the the surrender of Ukraine. Yeah, Yeah, I was wondering, too. I have a really bad feeling about that, too, Phil. Thank you. Your perspective is always so great, my friend. Thank you so much. And listen, I hope Phil is right. Uh, When he says that, you know, the chain of command in Russia might not listen to those kind of ultimate commands coming from Putin. I hope he is correct. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, and some new poll numbers show many do not believe in Biden's leadership. Feisty, fearless and fair. 
She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And tonight, all eyes are on Brussels as President Biden and the NATO leaders, all of them together, are deciding what they can do to stop Vladimir Putin. And there's a very stunning report coming out. It's in the New York Times essentially saying that the U.S. is creating contingency plans in case Russia uses chemical, biological or nuclear weapons in Ukraine. That it is a very strong reality to the point where they feel that they have to make some sort of preparations should Putin do some of the worst of the worst type of weaponry. And, of course, there are many layers to this, but multiple reports that the White House and others, and that this will absolutely be a topic of major concern at this meeting that is taking place in Brussels. Also, a team of national security officials, they're known as the Tiger Team, is also trying to figure out what kind of responses they should do if Russia attacks convoys in NATO territories bringing weapons and aid to Ukraine. Now, Russia has said that anybody that's on a convoy bringing aid to Ukraine is fair game. But everybody sort of assume, well, that means it's once they're in Ukraine that they could possibly become targets. And obviously they didn't want that, certainly. Um, but Russia has said that that could be a potential target, that they would consider that basically a weapon of war. If somebody was bringing in military hardware, if it was coming from a different country but traveling in Ukraine, that essentially would be fair game, would be a, quote, legitimate target. Now there are preparations being made that maybe Russia might even consider an attack of a convoy in a NATO territory. Boy, would that raise the stakes if suddenly either a missile comes and attacks a property or a location that hits one inch in NATO territory. And so far, as we know, there have been already a couple strikes. Remember, there were multiple strikes that were outside Lvov, including that hypersonic missile. Remember that one that we were just talking about? A number of them have already happened close to the border, but still, you know, about one of 20 miles or so, another one about 50 miles or so. But still, that's dangerously close. And now they're making preparations to protect convoys that are bringing goods into Ukraine, even before they get into Ukraine. This is scary stuff now. And this comes as President Biden's approval rating tonight, guys, has hit an all-time low. It has dropped three points since last week. People are saying they do not feel comfortable with his leadership style, that it has hit an all-time low, dropping to 40 percent this week. That is an all-time low for the president in recent surveys that have happened. Um, And in another one, it says that 27 percent, only 27 percent of independents basically have faith in his leadership style That is a disastrous number, and it shows that many people out there are deeply concerned 
that he is not taking the helm and at a time right now where, boy, is the world so, so complicated. Well, General Jack Keane, Fox News military contributor who we've had here on the show many times, great, great military strategist, says, you know what, that we need to have a clear focus. And when NATO goes to meet in the next few hours, this will be, quote, a turning point for history. They have to have one clear objective. The only objective, he says, is to make sure that Zelensky and his people succeed. Take a listen. So when we go to NATO, I mean, I think we've got to clear this up somewhat. And what are we all doing here in terms of helping Ukraine? We're helping them to defeat the Russians. That's what we're attempting to do and make sure we continue to give them all the supplies and ammunition that they need. And he also says that it must be clear to Vladimir Putin, and not just in language, but in some sort of actions, too. It must be crystal clear that there are certain lines he cannot cross. Take a listen. What we should be doing is making statements to the effect, strong statements to the effect that this is unacceptable. I'm talking about the use of WMD. It, we are not going to we are not going to let it stand. We will act decisively. This is United States and NATO. And it is you, the Russians, who will be expanding the war and you will pay a price for it. It is you, the Russians, that are expanding the war and we will make sure you pay a price. So what exactly does that mean? I want to play, actually, this is the NATO Secretary General. Uh, this is Cut 13, where he talks about nuclear weapons because, boy, it's getting scary that we're hearing this kind of conversation happening at the highest levels of international leadership. Take a listen. How does NATO defend itself against a nuclear attack? Thank you. Russia must stop its nuclear saber rattling. This is dangerous and it is irresponsible. NATO is there to protect and defend all allies and we convey a very clear message to Russia that the nuclear war cannot be won and should never be fought. And um, uh, it just highlights the importance of ending the war in Ukraine because we need to do everything we can to prevent the war from escalating beyond Ukraine and becoming even more deadly and even more dangerous than uh, what we see today. And everybody is just blatantly saying that is something that is on the table. And take a listen to Boris Johnson, of course, the leader of the UK, and take a listen to how he describes the choice of chemical weapons with Putin and where he thinks this is headed. This is a very ominous message. I'll make you one other prediction, by the way, which is that the stuff that you're hearing about uh, chemical weapons, this is straight out of their playbook. They start saying that uh, there are chemical weapons uh, that uh, have been stored by uh, their opponents or by the Americans. And so when they themselves deploy uh, chemical weapons, as I, as I fear they, they may, they have a, a, a sort of a maskirovka, a, a fake story ready to go. And you've seen it in Syria. Uh, you, you, you saw it in, even in the UK. when. This is what you expect next then? Look, I, you know, it's, I, I just note that that is what they're, they're already doing. It, it is a cynical, uh, barbaric uh, government, I'm afraid. 
I am afraid that they may use chemical weapons. Boy, are the stakes really high tonight. And boy, is really the history of Ukraine, the history of Europe, and maybe the history of the world on the line. I mean, this is just stunning when you hear the verbiage and you hear people who have always been very careful in their phrasing to start saying, yeah, he may use it, you know, that there's a good chance he may do it. Um, And you're hearing it from the White House. You heard it from President Biden basically today. You're hearing it from Boris Johnson. They are all seeing similar intelligence and similar indicators to say that he may cross that red line. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike on the Lower East Side in New York. Mike, where do you see this headed? And do you have any faith, Mike, that Biden is going to be able to do something dramatic to pull NATO together to come up with some solution to just stop Vladimir Putin so it doesn't go to this other level. It doesn't escalate. Yeah, I think uh, I think he could do it, but we got to appoint two other people, and that's Hillary and Sarah Palin. We'll have them both go there. The, the Congress and the Senate got to get together as Americans, make two appointments, have them, have them go there, or even be like televised on a, a one-to-one basis where Putin and everybody talks to one another through television. But uh, Hillary's the only one that knows the Chinese and the Russians. And Sarah's got her, her style, too. And these fatheads that are threatening Putin, that, that ain't going to work, man. There's a crack in the dam. It better stop, they better stop the crack before it breaks. And there's one other thing, uh, uh, Rita. Uh, we got to get the people. We've we got to open up Kennedy Airport. So we could process people coming in. Forget about having them go and wait two weeks in, in, in the southern border. We got to uh, have the governor uh, Hochul uh, to open up uh, Kennedy Airport as our border and process the people through there because that's going to become an issue in Poland if something breaks. That's going to be uh, people are going to trip over people. We got to get them out of there. We got to get bring them to Kennedy Airport. We got to get them out of there. But uh, Hillary. And Sarah have to be sent there. Forget about Biden. Biden, all he's got to do is just stand there and do nothing. Hillary knows everybody. We'll give her a chance to redeem herself as, as but Christian. she's not. He's we not going to pull her in, though, Mike. And you realize that. And he and you know, and Sarah Palin too. You know, this Biden. It's like you know, it's like uh, this is his baby. He's the president. And he's not going to want to bring anybody in. I agree he should be bringing in people who have experience, you know, at, at this terrain and have dealt with these kind of things. I, If I were him, you know, I quite frankly, I'd be tapping into, you know, not just every world leader, every former president too as well, you know, every former U.S. president, Republican, Democrat, getting strategy, people who also know Putin I would I would do all of that. And I and I hear what you're saying. I just don't sadly don't see him doing it because then admits that he can't do it himself. You know, that, but, we, but, we, but I think he is over his head. I agree with you, Mike. Yeah, we've got to at least try and uh, put it past him. Let, let him uh, think it over. Tell him, listen. Hillary knows everybody there. She knows Putin and she knows the Chinese. Let's not do it for ourselves, man. Let's do it for our future generations, for the kids, for everybody, man. My life is over with. Most of our, most of us lived our lives, man. Let's do it for our future generations and, and and this world and humanity and as a uh, as a as as Christians, you know. And we'll, we'll give Hillary a chance to redeem herself. And uh, you never know, Biden might go for it.
Yeah, listen, I I would love if it was as easy as that, but I I don't see him doing it. But I like the idea of bringing an outside counsel who have more experience in that terrain than he surely does. Mike, thank you. Let's go to Charles in South Carolina listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead, Charles, your thoughts. Yeah, hi, Rita. It's nice to talk to you again. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing Um, well, but I'm really worried about where this all this is headed. You know, it's a very concerning when you hear, you know, Boris Johnson, the leader of the UK, basically saying, yeah, he may use chemical weapons. You know, like it's 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 very much an option. And you hear that the U.S. is making contingency plans. Should he resort to that? I mean, that's this is you know, this is uh, not just some strange hypothesis. This is something that may not be out of the realm, sadly, Charles. Well, I agree. And I I think part of the problem is that, you know, as with any bully, which, of course, Putin, you know, qualifies, certainly, um, you know, sometimes you you have to have a bigger stick. And the reason he's not afraid of, you know, of us is because of Biden, because Biden, you know, isn't very scary. And not only that, but, uh, you know, he's not very scared of the Ukraine, Um, although they do have a pretty strong leader there. And, you know, vis-a-vis the, uh, uh, the Budapest Accords, remember back in 1994, uh, the United States, the United Kingdom and Russia all uh, agreed, uh, made an agreement with the Ukraine saying, look, you give us your 1700 nuclear weapons and we will agree not to attack you. And if you're attacked, we'll agree to protect you. Well, we've all breached that agreement right now. So in my opinion, we basically have no choice. We should probably just tell Putin, you know, if he doesn't cut this crap out, we're going to give Ukraine back their nuclear weapons and then he can sit and crap in his pants. You know what? I kind of like that. You're you're bringing up a great point, too, about, you know, the Budapest Accords, because you're right. It's like Russia made an agreement, even though everybody sort of thought Russia would never abide to it, but they never thought they'd break it like this way to this severity. But you're absolutely right. There was an agreement. And I don't understand why this president and NATO haven't been going back and saying, you broke an agreement, buddy. You've already crossed this line because Putin's using, okay, well, here's the reason I'm doing this, you know, and and using this sort of false logic as to why he's doing this. But he did make an agreement. Russia made an agreement. He should say, you are supposed to keep your agreement. You, The minute you cross your agreement, that's it. The minute there was one, you know, one missile or one attack on Ukraine, you broke your agreement. And there should have been serious repercussions. And we didn't do that. And and you brought up a great point that more people should be saying that. The world should be saying that. The U.S. and NATO should be saying that. That should have been the red line. That 1,000% should have been the line. Even the verbal threats. At that point, when there was verbal threats and the 70,000 troops that were on the border, that's when they should have said, don't you dare consider breaking that Budapest agreement. Because if you do, there will be serious repercussions. The minute you, you know, you put break one hair on one head of a Ukrainian, you've broken that agreement. And they didn't do that. And that's why I think this softness, this tepid approach has just put us in this terrible position where we are sadly reactionary. But that's that is a tremendous point, Charles, that should have been brought up from day one thousand percent. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. You heard what Charles said. I agree with him. But what do we do now? This is the Rita Cosby Show.
And we are talking about the war on Ukraine, as now there are reports, according to NATO, that up to 13,000 to 15,000, they believe, Russian troops have been killed. And there are estimates that 30 to 40,000 Russian soldiers have either been killed, wounded, or are missing in Ukraine. That is a stunning, stunning number and amount of casualties in this war so far. But Putin does not look like he's showing any sign of letting up. In fact, if anything, there are now major concerns from not just America, but England and many other places that Vladimir Putin may indeed try to use chemical or biological weapons as the war is dragging on in Ukraine and feeling like he needs something to have an impact to turn around the war as he might believe in his demented mind. Well, President Biden has said that all of this that's going on in the world may reshape the way the world is and that the U.S. has to be the ones leading the charge. Take a listen, and I want to get your thoughts as to these comments coming from President Biden earlier this week. You know, we are at an inflection point, I believe, in the way, not just the world economy, in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of my... One of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946. And uh, since then, we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to there's going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. We've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. There's a new world order out there, and we have to lead it. Does it look like Joe Biden is leading a new world order? Is this the guy you want leading a new world order, everyone? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Paul in Dutchess County, New York. Paul, what are your thoughts when you hear President Biden and what he just said? Evening, reader. It's a pleasure to speak with you again. Um, he inspires no confidence. Biden is no leader. His whole career, he's been in the Senate. He's a consensus guy. He goes with the flow. He's a follower, not a leader. This stage of his life, he's not going to change. So if you have your hopes of Biden stepping up, you're going to be disappointed. Well, and by the way, the reason I'm hoping that Biden steps up, I want the best for America. I want the best for the world. I mean, I am, I'm really, really concerned, Paul, when I see what we're hearing from Boris Johnson and we're hearing from our president, we're hearing from, you know, all corners of the world that they are genuinely concerned that Vladimir Putin may do something dramatic, even more dramatic than he's already done. You know, I mean, he's already done horrific things. Um, And so I would love if somehow Biden has some sort of epiphany and somehow comes to terms and becomes a leader and galvanizes the world and can force Putin to his knees and to pull out of Ukraine. But that's why I want success, because I want success for America. I want success for Ukraine. I want success for the world. I want success. Um, I think the thing is, I don't think Putin is going to cross that NATO line. He's got his hands full in Ukraine. I do not see him taking on all of Europe. I mean, it would be suicidal. Um, But if he does cross that NATO line, if NATO stands for anything, then they're going to have to act. Now, what do you make, um, Paul, by the way, the the Prime Minister of Slovenia was playing a couple of his comments because he was very, like, passionate 
And he basically said today that he thinks the red lines have already been crossed in Ukraine. You know, the leveling of these, you know, civilian buildings, civilian targets, shooting people in a bread line. He thinks those those things already constitute a red line crossed that we don't have to wait for, you know, for uh, biological chemical weapons. um, Should God forbid that happen? What do you think? I think you're getting into a little bit of a slippery slope there because you're not into a NATO situation. I mean, these are all war crimes, and this is horrific what's happening. Um, but I think if he goes over that point where he's talking about chemical weapons or, God forbid, nukes, something's going to have to be done. This this can't go on if he's going to be – I mean, I don't know what's motivating this maniac, but, I mean, how much is en- enough is enough. Yeah, I agree. And that's the scary thing. You use the right word, Paul, because maniac is right, and that's what's scary. When you're dealing with somebody – with a maniacal, demented mind, you don't know if he's going to try to do something dramatic, even more so than we have already seen. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, and support our heroes is next. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great men and women in uniform, some tears in their eyes while others held their certificates and pins with pride at Congresswoman Diana Harshbarger's Vietnam Veteran Pinning Ceremony in Kingsport, Tennessee. The event is part of her partnership with the U.S. Vietnam War commemoration effort to recognize Vietnam-era veterans and surviving family members for their important service. She said, it's my pleasure to recognize all of you for your service to this country. I want to thank you for everything you've done. As we see what's going on in the world today, we know that freedom is not free. So far, Congresswoman Harshbarger has honored approximately 3,300 Vietnam veterans with pins and commemoration recognition packages over the years. So bravo to her and how beautiful to see these great veterans and their family members appreciated and recognized for their great service. And boy, as we see what's going on in Ukraine and now this meeting taking place with President Biden in NATO, the stakes could not be higher. And indeed, the stakes have been heightened in the last 24 to 48 hours, as we've been hearing from the Kremlin that nukes and biological weapons and chemical weapons, well, they say that they are not off the table. Take a listen. This is Dmitry Peskov, who is basically the right-hand guy to Putin, longtime spokesman, and this is what he had to say. Take a listen. I want to ask you again, is President Putin, because again, the Finnish president said to me that when he asked Putin directly about this, because President Putin has laid that card on the table, President Putin said that if anybody tries to stop him, very bad things will happen. And I want to know whether you are convinced or confident that your boss will not use that option. Well, we have a concept of uh, domestic security. And, uh, well, it's public. You can read all the reasons for nuclear uh, arms to be used. So if it is an existential threat for our country, then it can be used in accordance with our concept. 
So what does he consider an existential threat? What does he consider the line where he says we are threatened, our security of our country is being threatened, and yes, then we can justify using them? Take a listen. This is General Jack Keane reacting to what now we are hearing in the last few hours that U.S. officials and others are bracing for a contingency should Vladimir Putin decide to take the ante up and possibly do biological, chemical, or, God forbid, nuclear, some sort of form. This is what General Jack Keane has to say. Look, here, here comes the NATO meeting, and certainly that should be on the table. Helping them should be on the table. But, but what's got to be on the table is the WMD issue. Now, the administration keeps talking about it all the time. The possibility of a chemical attack, the possibility of a of a nuclear option. We keep talking about it, wringing our hands about it. And I think uh, away from the cameras, frankly, uh, my sources tell me there's palpable fear of it as well, which is driving our policy. That's really frightening. Palpable fear of it. And he says that is driving our policy. Obviously, we have to take it into account. That is such serious stuff if there is genuine concern and genuine intelligence showing it. But should it make us scared to interact or do you need to treat a bully and put him up against the wall so he doesn't try to go into different terrain? What's the strategy here? It's a really complex one. A lot of times I have answers, guys. And on this one, this is a really difficult issue. I think, obviously, we have to show some form of leadership. We have to let Putin know it cannot get to that point of even chemical weapons or biological weapons. We have to do something that makes him say, okay, enough. Maybe something he can walk away with some peace-saving measure, face-saving measure, something he could say. Um, and then Ukrainians can still keep the peace and still have their country. So can NATO negotiate that and do it really soon, as we're hearing palpable fears of these coming from genuine people who talk to people at the highest levels? And there is genuine, genuine concern. This is President Zelensky saying that this is time for NATO to step in because it has basically been a month that his country is taking an unrelentless pounding, and he is worried the worst is yet to come. The world must stop the war. I thank everyone who acts in support of Ukraine, in support of freedom, but the war continues. The acts of terror against peaceful people go on. One month already. One month already. And we know that 10 million people have been displaced, 6.5 million within the country of Ukraine. More than three and a half million have fled Ukraine to neighboring countries. So where does this end? And now this is this emergency meeting. Can they have a breakthrough and do something to stop this madman? By the way, everybody, make sure also that you tune in tomorrow. you got to go to RitaCosbyOnline.com because between noon tomorrow and 1 p.m. Eastern time, wherever you guys are around the country, make sure that you tune in uh, because I am going to be moderating a blockbuster panel that you won't hear anywhere else on radio. Um, it is going to be with the Consul General from Ukraine to the United States, also the Consul General from Poland, 
to the United States, Consul General from Estonia, another key country, also Consul General from Slovakia. Those are ones who are talking about potentially giving their S-300s. Those are basically Soviet-style Patriot missiles, anti-defense, anti-aircraft defense systems. So this is going to be pivotal. And we also have the Vatican ambassador basically coming and joining us to the U.N., all of them talking about this pivotal moment in history and what their countries are doing to help refugees and what they're doing financially and militarily. Again, you will only hear that. You'll be able to hear it on RitaCosbyOnline.com tomorrow. Make sure that you listen to it. It's going to be noon to one. We're going to be doing it live. Uh, one of some of the top diplomats of these key worlds right as NATO is meeting. Talk about a pivotal, pivotal moment. Make sure that you tune in again tomorrow, Eastern Time, 12 to 1 on RitaCosbyOnline.com. A very special exclusive panel with these key players. Let's go to your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Um, BJ, in Queens, New York. Go ahead, BJ. Your thoughts about this. Excellent show, Rita. Uh, anything Jack Keane says, you can probably take to the bank. The yeah, most he, by the, by the way, he's great, isn't he? And, and, and I'll tell you, BJ, when I hear him say he is hearing a palpable fear yep. from people, I've known Jack, by the way, probably 20 years. I knew him um, when he first yep. started at Fox. You know, I do well, one you know, of, you know and, and he's not one of these guys who kind of inflates no. things, you know? No, he got the Medal of Freedom for a reason. Uh, so those two words are very important, palpable fear. The emerging winner of this conflict is China. Uh, Russia is now an economic vassal to China. Uh, I don't believe the conflict will be protracted because Putin can't even handle Ukraine. He's it's cost him 40,000 troops. He's not going to uh, pr- uh, protract the conflict into the, Bal- the Balkans or into Poland, although it might, uh, you know, uh, spill over there uh, anecdotally. I think um, uh, Putin would do well to take a page out of Saddam Hussein's failed uh, textbook and uh, plant a flag and declare victory because that window of opportunity is closing. He has turned the oligarchs against him. They cannot operate their underground economy, which includes uh, uh, all sorts of state-sponsored piracy, human trafficking, fentanyl, illegal arms deals. This has uh, uh, made them f- f- turn on him internally. You, he, he's lost in a month 40,000 troops. How many troops does he have? And as far as nuclear goes, we have about four 4,000 nuclear weapons compared to their 300. I think we are in uh, – uh, we've out, outgunned him that way. But, but you don't uh, want to get into the like, you know, my nukes are bigger than your nukes because, boy, is that still a scary uh, place to be. Go back to where I said palpable fear. That's the only thing Putin has working for him. He's not going to use nuclear because he he's he's outmanned and outgunned. I mean, he's can't even he can't even control a country which Russia knows most about. No other nation around there knows uh, as much as about Ukraine as Russia knows, and he can't even take that country. So he's not going to protract this conflict. If he's smart, he'll negotiate some type of retreat. He'll negotiate maybe sending one or two of his uh, high command up for war uh, crimes tribunal 
And internally, uh, within five years, you won't hear anything of Vladimir Putin. As you can see this uh, historically in all of the failed Soviet leaders, they all fade into obscurity. Well, and that's what, see, this is a guy who knows history. So uh, he knows that too, BJ. And that's what scares me a little bit about this guy, because I sort of see him also wanting to maybe go down in a ball of flames. You know, there's something... Uh, you know, now he's dealing with his ego. You know, as you talk about, his troops are getting battered and bruises. There's reports of, you know, defections. Uh, there's reports of, you know, him worried about traitors even within his own country. Remember, he used that language of cleansing the Russian traitors, which could be also a signal to people even within his own country or even outside, like he might be referring to Ukraine there as well. But he's so underestimated the that he couldn't you know just come in and like sweep over the country in 3 days was the early report i'm just worried a crazy guy does crazy things and clearly our government feels the same way i mean you think about it bj when have you heard a, a an american president in modern times right now and also other nato leaders and folks you know that we you know top of their game, like we're talking about with Jack Keane and others, who say, yes, that is on the table, basically. This is a colossal failure for the United States. It never should have gotten this far, never would have happened under Trump, and it didn't happen under Trump. Palpable fear, that is the biggest weapon that uh, uh, he has towards, and th- this is the driving force that's informing all of the uh, the scuttlebutt uh, between the the uh, other nations uh, talking about nuclear and talking about chemical and talking about this. He knows that uh, he's very unstable now. They did not expect him, although they should have expected him to go into Ukraine. He had been amassing troops there for over a year. Yeah, right. So, what did they think? he were, They were having like, what, a tea party or something, you know, or a knitting party or something? I mean, Like, he said he was going to do it. I mean, that's the thing that's amazing, BJ. You know, he said in July he kind of had like a manifesto, basically, Putin, and basically said, here's my plan. Here's my where I'm headed. Then he had his troops over there. It's like, I said I was going to do it. Here are my troops. It's not like you suddenly put 70,000 troops right at the border just for the heck of it. And we did nothing. I agree with you. It did not have to get to this point. It's so concerning. BJ, thank you. You made so many great points. Thank you. Let's go to Ursula in Connecticut. Ursula, your thoughts about this. Um, What do you think about Biden's leadership? And can some big breakthrough happen? Uh, Let's pray to God in the next 24 hours. Hi, Rita. How are you? I am big, big your fan. I'm I'm from Poland. I moved here 20 years ago, and uh, listening to your stories about your father is just is just amazing. Thank you, and, thank you. I'm so proud of my Polish heritage, and and we know, <laughs> and obviously you are too. You know, and I and and to me, it's like we understand the poles. I know you have many do, relatives and do, friends. And my relatives, they live there, and they are like 50 miles from Belarus. Uh, probably 350 miles from Ukraine, and they are actually worried. They are scared. What we just been BJ was saying about, you know, the weapons, about the biological possibility, and it's our fault as a nation. This is our fault. Our government, our president. Listening from a few weeks ago, when our vice president was, she was speaking to my president from Poland. And I was driving, I was in the car, and I was listening to you when she started laughing 
And I was like, what she's laughing at? Yeah, it was so because inappropriate, Ursula. Kids are dying, that the family right. being destroyed, the, the culture, the, the, the thousands of years of, I mean, this is, this is Europe. This is countries when they were, I mean, the architecture about everything is, is, is beyond, beyond imagination what those countries are, I mean, those uh, Russians are doing. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm worried that that he in desperation. That's what he's gonna use, use, because right now he's already done. I agree. He's done. I agree. That's so why I think like I think. And you know, yeah. you know, Ursula, you and I understand that because of our heritage too, and the Polish people understand that. That when someone's desperate, and we've seen evil leaders in the past. Sadly, what happened to Poland? You know, when I look at those images of Mariupol. I think of where my father was fighting, I'm and I know you do too. Right now, money for money and items for my church. We're trying to send big container to Ukraine with with medicine, with everything. Those people. I mean, when you listen, how many kids are losing both parents? Watching what those. I mean, I I have my son is sixty or old. I cannot even imagine what those kids are going through. This is going to affect their whole lives. My grandfather was sent to Siberia during Second War. He he came back, but I mean, he was. I mean, this this lives with you for the rest of your life. This Absolutely. Is just like, Absolutely, and that's why. And us as leaders of the free world, and Poland understands that freedom is not free, um, and we have to stand up. And you know, it is pivotal that America and NATO, all of us together, the strength of NATO, make sure that what happened in World War II to Poland and elsewhere, that it does not continue in Ukraine. We're already seeing it, but it has to stop. And there has to be some form of leadership, whether it comes, you know, I'd love for our president to, to have some epiphany and take the helm because I, we are still the greatest country in the world. I love America. I love my second homeland of Poland. Um, but I am just praying that we can cohesively come up with something that stops this madman and that he pulls out of Russia, I mean, pulls out of Ukraine, and he doesn't go any closer to Poland. We've already seen those missiles close by, and God forbid we don't want to see it get in closer. Um, You know, I love hearing, though, from you, Ursula, with your beautiful Polish accent. It makes me so happy to hear that. And uh, and to Poland. And Poland fights. That was my father's meta, you know. Um, message in World War II, and I know that's Poland's message always. We're going to be right back after the break, everybody. What do you think? How concerned are you? You just heard from Ursula, who's worried. We know. Poland knows. Poland is so worried, and I'm concerned with this meeting with NATO, and I'm concerned that Biden is going to leave empty-handed. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And a little bit of Bruce Springsteen here on the Rita Cosby Show as we are talking about a very serious topic as all eyes are on Brussels 
to see if there could be some important breakthrough that happens in the next few hours because Biden and the rest of NATO are meeting there to try to see what they can do in an emergency meeting to stop the madman that is Vladimir Putin. Where do we go from here, especially as they are, quote, making preparations, contingency plans, should he decide to up the ante? Because there's reports that he has lost 15,000 Russian soldiers and apparently 40,000 total injured, killed, uh, missing. That's a lot in his arsenal, as well as 1,500 vehicles. So what could Vladimir Putin do? And what, more importantly, can NATO do to stop what he is doing in brutalizing Ukraine? Because air raid sirens are going over tonight. Many cities are getting pounded. Mariupol got more than 100 missiles. Also, Kiev has been getting hits in residential apartment buildings. I mean, nothing is off limits for this guy. We have to do something. But will Biden finally step up? I am not sure. But President Zelensky of Ukraine is pleading with the world that a solution comes as soon as possible. Take a listen. Here is President Zelensky of Ukraine making that plea just a few hours ago. Say that people matter, freedom matters, peace matters, Ukraine matters. From March 24th, in downtowns of your cities, all as one together who want to stop the war. Can you imagine if this had happened in our country? We'd be pleading with the world, too. You bet. You know, and, he, and you're looking at the images. They are getting worse and worse and worse. And Vladimir Putin is getting more brutal and more vicious. There's a report, as we were saying earlier, guys, 2,400 kids are missing. They were taken from Ukraine, according to reports, to Russia. What is he doing with 24 innocent children? What is he doing, using them for hostages, going to kill them? I mean, what is his plan? Why? What, what do we do? Where do we go from here? This is a really desperate situation And the world needs to do something. And I just pray that something big breakthrough happens with NATO and something happens where he comes to the peace table, pulls out of Ukraine, and things can be much better in the name of freedom. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stephanie from Montreal. Stephanie, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts about all this? Hello, Rita. I enjoy your show very much. Thank you for being as informative as you are. It's extremely distressing. The entire situation is just its just horrendous. Um, you were talking about your father earlier. and Well, my parents were both survivors of the Holocaust. My mother was a prisoner at the Auschwitz death camp. Wow. And um, she lost her mother and her sister to the gas ovens. Her brother was shot while trying to escape. So the, the, what, what's happening there, it's a genocide. It's it's a horrible, horrible genocide. And uh, my mother spoke so admir- admirably uh, of the American soldiers that liberated her. Oh, my gosh. Stephanie, what you got to do me a favor. Will you please call back tomorrow night because your story, your family story, is so powerful. We're coming up on a hard break here, unfortunately, for the show. But I want to hear more because we have to make sure never again in your family's honor, 
and in the world's honor. Everybody will be back tomorrow night. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.